Hello, Acapella Radio. Welcome to another episode of Acapella. It's a podcast for the acapella community where we examine the culture as well as the ins and outs of vocal music, along with the people who are working to shape it. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Alexander. Joining me as always is... Alicia Edwards. Brian, how are you uh, today? Alicia, I am doing wonderfully. And you know, the weekend's coming up. Uh, it's just been a pretty decent week, which passes in the 2020, so it's, I can't complain. It's October. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it's getting close. Closer to my favorite time of the year. So I do not have a Halloween costume lined up this year. What? I can believe it. Neither do I. I didn't know. Is that the standard? Do you like have to have it 30 days in advance? Um, I thought we were friends. Do you not understand (laughs) that Halloween is one of my favorite things? Oh, wait a minute. Yes, you dress up each year. I don't know how I forgot. You're a horrible friend. I I apologize. (laughs) I am so sorry. I remember like you go all out each year in it for us. I do. And I have nothing planned this year thanks to. Well, we're all in the same boat. So also, I I want you to know how lucky you are. that I, I made it to this episode tonight because that- I'm really pushing it with an empty tank of gas on my car. Oh, boy. Okay, random question. Have you ever, like, ran out of gas, like, on, like, the highway or, or main road or, like, any time while you've been out driving? I have never actually run out of gas. Oh, that's nice. I'm impressed. You know, I'm one of those people I will like push it till the very end. I have 19 Ooh. miles left until it's empty. So, <laughs> oh, well, perfect. Well, you better get on yeah, that. So, we are done tonight. I will go fill up my car. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, awesome. Well, we've got an incredible show for our listeners yes, today. I am super pumped. Alicia, I can tell that you are as well. We've been talking about it. And I wish it. I could do like that snap thing that you do. I can't do it. <laughs> but if I could, I, I, I would either. do it like 12 times because that's how excited I am about tonight's episode and who we've got we'll, on the we'll show. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do the easy snaps. We'll yeah. Though, I can know, like bow, arch, but our, our listeners can't see me. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, we have an amazing guest joining us today. She is an award-winning songwriter. She's an pr- incredible singer, a wonderful producer, and man, she has so much experience in acapella as well as doing some incredible things right now on the music scene. Joining us is none other than Lachi. Lachi, how are you doing today? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited uh, to be here today. Oh, uh, well, we are we just We are as so excited. <laughs> I, I think it's only fair to say that you know Lachi has like gone over and beyond like expectations because our listeners can't tell but like she came like dressed up am, just looking oh, yeah. amazing I, I am picture perfect gallery magazine made up and they were like yeah this is just an audio recording <laughs> you know what we don't get everything right so we have to apologize for that you no, know that's a good. detail that I we're going to get right for the next tonight. one day one day maybe we'll share our video <laughs> yeah one day we're going to do one of the like YouTube live we're really fancy yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, once we get to that we'll point. put it out on our only fans right we'll- <laughs> exactly well, this is this is awesome. We're so glad to have you here, Ben. We have so much to discuss with you. Yes. But let's just start at the beginning. For our listeners out there who just for some crazy reason might not know who you are, can you tell us about your background in music? I remember that I saw uh, an article out there and I remember hearing the story about your mother giving you a piano when you were younger. Is this kind of where your <laughs> musical journey began? Or yeah. can you like clear up yeah. some of the, the myths? Out <laughs> some of the, the Lachi myths going around? So yeah, exactly. This, that Lachi myth, I cannot confirm nor deny. I mean, it's a story my mom told me, so I just assume it's true. It was like three or four, yes. My mom really wanted my older sister to get into music because she could dance. Not really sure how the correlation worked, but my sister didn't (laughs) want the keyboard. She wanted to dance, so she threw the keyboard out. I picked up the keyboard, and I was just fascinated with the... I learned on my own the concept of the term harmony, so I was like, oh, a note. 
And then I was like, ooh, two notes. And then I was like, three notes? And like my mind was blown. So <laughs> it's like wow. four or five years old and this whole <laughs> concept of God was just given to me. And so from that point forward, I knew music was going to be a heavy part of my life. I mean, I my parents were really wanted me to be on the straight and narrow because they were immigrants. And so I kind of did it on the side. I would force my stuffed animals to kind of like listen to me and sing my songs <laughs> and whatever. And, you know, I, I was pretty hard on them. I had a pretty bad alto section. But so I, but I, you know, I kept going and I stuck with it. Uh, I went to college for like business and, and economics. And I knew that that wasn't my passion. I, I got a job after school and at a desk and I just kept knowing it wasn't my true passion. And I always did music on the side the whole way through. And eventually I was like, screw this. I remember somebody at my job came up to me and was like, you know how people say don't quit your day job? You should just go ahead yeah. and quit your day job because what? you are not really that good at this, but you're really good at singing. Um, and then that was pretty much all she wrote. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like shocked here. I'm, I'm trying to formulate words. Um, oh my goodness. And, well, yeah. and you did. Yeah. You did quit and your day I, job at that point. I did. Yeah. Well, yes, yes. I did quit my day job. I ended up, it was tough. I mean, I had a great job. Oh. I worked for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. So working oh, wow. for the federal government is not an easy uh -huh. way to get out. And, you know, the anything that has to do with the Army or the U.S. Army Corps, any kind of Army situation, it's very family-oriented. Everybody knows each mm -hmm. other. Everyone wants to be accountable. So it was hard to get out. But I, I was just living a double life. I mean, while I was working at the Corps, I had gotten signed to a label. And so I was trying to use my PTO days to tour. Like, come on. Okay. So <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up really having to make, like, a big decision. I ended up getting an opportunity to work at a production studio. I took it. And here I am now, a couple, you know, years later. So. Right. So, yeah. So if we can like back up a second, because there are two yeah. things that, that stood out for me a little bit. So one, you mentioned you having this ability or, or this development into recognizing harmonies and being yes. able to do the young age. Can we just talk about like how much of a struggle that is? I've met lots of skilled <laughs> musicians. That's I'm like, right. unless it's written on paper, like written on sheet music, they, mm -hmm. they're lost. They're completely at a loss. So the yes. fact that you're able, you're able to do that from a young age is like really impressive. I feel that, you know how people say music is a language? I mm -hmm. believe that music is a body language. It's mainly because I feel a lot of it in my body. So if there's something that's off, I can feel it physically. And right. let's say, for you know how, I don't know how technical you guys want to get, but you know how if you have sort of a sustained note, like you have a note uh -huh. that's not quite the note yet, and then it resolves mm -hmm. and just, yeah. right. oh, there it is. Right. You know? You're relieved. Sensation. And so that was kind of what I built on at a really young okay. age. It's a physical thing for me. And it's funny because if I hear a song on the radio, I'm one of those annoying people that have to harmonize along to it. I don't <laughs> sing along, yeah. harmonize along. <laughs> and so people get, you know, they're like, sing the notes. And I'm like, it's fine. I'm helping. I really <laughs> I realized on my drive home today, on my commute back back home from the office, that right. I was not singing the melody. I was totally harmonizing with one particular song that came on, and I was like, "Oh, I always right. do that." You know, you're bad a... when you start vocal percussioning along with things. Then you're like, "Okay." That's like every. That's the test and the the sign of an acapella person, right there. Yeah. We're just gonna be I'm like that person has a background in acapella if they're yeah. guitar boxing. Yes, if they're doing like the really unknown parts and they're making up their own. Parts. Yes, they're like, "What part of the song are you singing? I don't even hear that. It's it's right here." Right. You don't, don't hear the violin. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, as as somebody who who grew up playing the violin, I in particular appreciate <laughs> that. I, I am curious though. So you said that you kind of learned those harmonies on your own, and yes. we know that you have composed these really great numbers. Right. I, I'm curious as to how early how early on you started writing music. Writing music 
or arranging a cappella. So for writing music, it was just oh. ever since. So I started writing music at a super young age, like as early as when I picked that keyboard up that my sister okay. threw out. I was just music, 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 writing songs, writing hymns that I would make up, just anything. And then it kind of blossomed when I got into high school and started wanting to apply for like little talent shows and things. And then into college when I wanted to start just playing around campus. When I got into acapella music was actually pretty interesting. I was in high school and I, you know, I was in madrigals actually, which is the sort of okay. kind of like the, yeah, it's kind of like a, you know what it is. As yeah. I was in madrigals, <laughs> you, you know, and for those who don't look it up, my professor or my teacher at the time comes over to me and he's just like, hey, you know, you're really good at you know, harmonizing and singing and stuff like that. And then I was just like, okay, whatever, who cares? I'm 16. I don't care. <laughs> and so he goes, you know, you should really consider acapella. And he hands me a CD. I mean, he was only like maybe 10 years older than us at the time. And he hands me a CD because I guess he was that desperate that he has to kind of try to pawn it off on his high school student. But he gave me this acapella CD, a, you know, relatively new acapella group he was in. And I listened to it and I listened to it and I listened to it and I fell completely in love. I got everybody I knew to listen to it. People got tired of it. It turned out it was the Spartones. I don't know if you're familiar oh, with them from UNCG. You... Yeah, oh, yes. yes. He was one okay. of the founding members and it was like their Whoa, first cool. CD that they finally put together. And so I had gotten completely obsessed. And when I got to college, I was, you know, I was a pretty quiet kid. And then I went abroad and came back and had a new lease on life. And I was like, I need to start a group on campus of any sort. I don't care. I just want school spirit. And my friend and I, we were like, let's start an acapella group. Like we, you know, let's do something. So we started this acapella group at UNC Chapel Hill called Cadence, which is still there today. Mm -hmm. And from then on, I was just, you never leave acapella. Right. So even when I had to kind of jump out to sort of do my own career, I mean, here I am still unable to leave the nest. So I'm glad that you mentioned Cadence because as a, a founder, it's I think like you get so many unique perspectives that aren't afforded to just other members who find their way to the group. And I, I'm curious for you personally, because I know every conversation I've had with somebody who's been in acapella, who's been in collegiate acapella, they've had this chart and this journey of growth and development through their time. I'm curious for you, what what was your, your growth and development like as you spent time with Cadence as a founder and, you know, as a member and performing with the group? Well, one of the things that I learned was leadership for sure, 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 sure. Because I mean, mm -hmm. I put the group together. I learned a lot of hard lessons of, you know, how to not be too soft and just let everybody kind of roll over you. And you can't have an audition and let everybody that auditioned into the group, you know, things like yeah. that, yep. right? You know, you also can't be too hard on people. I mean, this is a, people are, we're all kids and we're trying to put our heart on our sleeves with singing. It's a creative thing. You're putting your heart into it. So you can't be so hard on people when you're judging them or trying to get people to do things. But it's also a matter of holding people accountable. I think leadership was one of the biggest things that I learned. I also gained, you know, some decent skills as a uh, acapella arranger. I mean, I had done a lot of the arranging in the group. But I think that what I really, I mean, I gained a lot of deep friends that I'm still in contact with today. I mean, most of the founding members of Cadence are still in contact. And yeah, you know, in fact, Rebecca Wingo, she just came over to my apartment and she's living in, where is she living? Oh, she's gonna be mad if she hears this and she knows, I don't know. Uh, but she just came over to my apartment and, you know, we're all still just, I mean, you know, not through COVID, but, you know, we're all still kind of close. And, right. and that's what acapella does. People know that. Acapella brings you really close with people and you never really ever leave the groups you're in. In fact, I had went to Cadence's 10 year anniversary because you never really leave the groups you're in. And right. so, and it's funny because, you know, when I went back to the 10 year anniversary, was it 10 or 15? Who knows? I'm not going to give away my age. <laughs> when I went back to the thing, their people's parents were coming up to me and going like, oh my mm. God, you know, you really changed my daughter's life Aww. or, you know, my daughter really this and that. And I was just like, wow, I did that. 
you know, I That's helped beautiful. some parent who's just like, I don't know what to do with this kid. And all of a sudden, you know, they have like some like well-rounded daughter. So <laughs> I was a part of that. <laughs> yes. I helped raise your kid. Thanks. But <laughs> I feel I feel very grateful. I'm very honored that they're still around today and that we laid some great gr- groundwork there. So I, I actually I went and watched the very first video that the group ever posted. I, I, I like being able, oh, let me let me preface with this. I really enjoy being able to see the evolution of a group or a, like any particular performer. By the way, groups, I, I, groups hate it when people do that. <laughs> oh, they do? It's like, oh, no, don't look at that. We still have that yeah. up. Well, I, I, I enjoy I'm seeing just, it I'm because if you, because I, I enjoy seeing, okay, well, if the group has grown this much, where are they going to go next? And right. so that's something that mm-hmm. kind of brings a little bit of excitement to me. And so yeah. I went back and looked at their very first video that they posted on YouTube mm-hmm. and their most recent music video, which I think was, oh, Moulin Rouge, that, what is it? Ah, yes. It was Lady Marmalade. And it was yeah. like the, I mean, obviously it's going to be different between a live performance versus a well-produced video, but like the maturity level of the performers, you could just see like there's history that helped right. the group get to where it is today. Growth. And so yeah, that was, sure. that was very, very cool to see. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It is. And it's, it's as well, like kind of watching it from the outside is it's very, you know, it definitely brings like a warmth to the heart. It brings some joy to see, especially for all female acapella. It's always Mm -hmm. so nice to see that growth and to see that maturity. It's one of my greatest loves is to see mature all female acapella. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I think we have so many up and coming groups that are like doing wonderful things and even groups that that have had, you know, longevity on the collegiate scene. I'm like, they continue to get better and better. I know Alicia was part of one of those groups who was, you know, just famous in terms of collegiate acapella. And so there are so many great groups out there. And you were speaking a lot about the the things that you learned from your time with Cadence. And, you know, you mentioned leadership. You, you mentioned auditions, which ugh, I'm not going to get into auditions. <laughs> Terrible. But I'm so curious because you've made that jump to doing music, you know, full time professionally. You have a lot of great, cool projects going on. I'm curious how much of what you learned and how much of what you saw and maybe even the structure of it all, how much of that translated into, you know, the professional space? Because, you know, all of us, we've had collegiate experience, but you're just like, is that really how the other side is? Is is this what we can like bring to, you know, professional level of music? Right. Well, there's two kind of parts to it. Well, A, I am a professional musician, right? I'm a profession, professional solo recording artist, songwriter, and my own right. But I ha- I did also form a professional acapella group as well, as opposed to a, a collegiate acapella group. So an acapella group full of professionals called Mezzo here in New York City. And they are also all female. And so that too was a different experience because, you know, when you do things in college, there is already sort of a structure, a background structure that the college affords. Everybody has classes. There are forms you got to fill out to every year to keep your thing going, things like that. Whereas when it you just, do, it is kind of set up for you. There are, you know, you have to get a counselor or something to help sign off on it, things like that. But when you do it in the professional realm, it's a little different. People have jobs, people have stuff to do. And there's a lot more, it's, there's a lot more passion. You have to want to do it. You have to want to be away from your kids every Sunday night or whatever to rehearse and things like that. So it is definitely a different space, but it does entail the same leadership. It entails the same restraint and entails and and you build the same amazing relationships as well. So it is sort of the same space. Just you yourself have to hold on to the structure. So that's sort of the comparison between professional and collegiate acapella that I know of. In terms of going from sort of an acapella space to just a professional career, I mean, after I graduated from 
from college and started working. I mean, I spent a lot of time away from acapella and music and, and things like that. So I did have to really do a lot. To, a solo career is, is a lot. You have to do a lot for yourself. You have to get a lot of people excited. And you have to... So if you have a, a acapella group with 12 members, if every member gets 15 people to sign up to the mailing list, then all of a sudden you have 200 people on your mailing list. But if you're doing a solo <laughs> career, you know, if you're doing a solo right. career, you've got to <laughs> right. work at everybody that signs up. For me, a lot of it was writing to labels, getting labels interested, performing at festivals, getting festivals interested, and, and shopping myself to management. And I, I do recognize that I've been kind of fortunate to have gotten signed and to have been able to uh, get people to see me, to have gotten a manager, things like that, and that I'm currently in, in pretty fortunate situation. But it wasn't easy. It's not like I just kind of fell into it. And I do thank a lot of my hardcore sort of very fast leadership growth that I gained in college. Because like I told you before I did that, I was pretty quiet. And so after I really was like butt kicked into being a leader of 16 girls, you know, and it was just a lot. And and so I learned how to lead, how to be confident and how to be confident in the, the work I do. And really, that's just what you have to do in everything. So that's what helped prepare my career, just that confidence, that leadership, that ability to walk into a room and go, you like this, you like me. It's like, I don't know you. Well, you like me. Well, I'll tell you why, but for, like me first, <laughs> and then I'll tell it, you, you why. <laughs> so, that's yeah. fantastic. So in your experience with all of your music and kind of your growth with that, I'm, I'm curious, who are some of the artists that have had the biggest impact on the way you oh, view music and the way you mm -hmm. create it. When I was younger, I played the keyboard. My mother would shove classical music down my throat a lot. So I was, I played a lot of Beethoven, Mozart, mm -hmm. Chopin, things like that. Mm -hmm. So that really influenced a lot of my earlier sort of love for harmonies and classical harmonies. And then I really fell in love with Lauren Hill. She became kind of an okay. obsession. <laughs> she became an obsession. I just, I love the message. I loved the, her ability to kind of weave mm -hmm. between kind of spoken word and singing. And she was very mm -hmm. good with yeah. harmonies. And so I was all about it. And then, you know, it was another thing like, hey, you know, she's successful and she looks like me. She kind of sounds like me. You know, I really loved that. Another person mm -hmm. that I was really in love with and people were sleeping on until much later was Sia. I was a okay. down fan before people was like, oh for real oh i've never seen what she looks like oh, she's wearing a wig thing i'm like no we knew her way before like, the gimmicks that she started doing true fans <laughs> before yeah. a little bow and all that stuff she started throwing for y'all we knew her before that so i was she was definitely a huge person that and i was of course alicia keys fan and but it wasn't it was more like i really liked that she looked like me and played the keys and so i was a huge fan of i mean you know coming up there wasn't a lot of people that kind of like i could look at point at and go i want to be that that kind of looked like me and sounded like me so i did kind of gear towards people who look like me and were doing something kind of on a higher level. And so Alicia was one, Lauren was one, plenty others. I could go on and on. Like I, I was a huge fan of Missy Elliott. <laughs> I don't know. Ooh, I really liked her okay. and things like that because I did like the fact that a woman was a producer. I liked that a lot. And that was back in like, you know, the early aughts, like late 90s or whatever. So and on and on the list goes. But all very yeah. talented people. All very talented. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right, for sure. I'm, I'm so fascinated by that thought that you know, what you were able to see or what you weren't able to see that had such an impact on, you know, your idols and your influence. At the end of the day, I don't think people speak enough about that because a lot of times you think, well, this is just what I had to work with. And so I was, you know, I just went with that versus no, I'm going to create something because there's a lack of it. And there's so many different angles to take with that. But I'm just I'm so fascinated that those are the people you were drawn to given the climate and the atmosphere of everything going on. Well, yeah, um, for sure. And I mean, I like that they pioneered because, you know, like for me, now I'm not only a black female, but I also have a disability. And so growing up, I never was, I never saw that like 
showcased in a sort of celebrated light. I mean, yes, okay, we've got Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles or whatnot, but it's never really, oh, you know, a sexy, hot, down chick doing something in the entertainment industry that I can go and go like, oh, wow, oh my God. So I, I didn't have that when I was eight and nine and whatnot. And so I've been kind of making it a mission to not only try to be that for the next generation coming up, but to find others that I think are awesome and prompt them up so that there are more people out there for young girls and boys and, and whatever to go like, oh my God, that's amazing. I can be that. That's perfect. And on that note, we do unfortunately have to take a quick commercial break, but don't go anywhere because coming up, we're going to actually have a track uh, by Lachi. It's uh, a cover of Truth Hurts, which was rated one of the top five covers by Cover Nation. So you definitely want to stick around and hear that. And we're going to come right back on Talkapella. Ding, 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 this that Lizzo. I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm a hundred percent that bitch. Even when I'm crying crazy, yeah, I got boy problems. That's the human in me. Bling bling, then I solve them. That's the goddess in me. You could have had a bad bitch, non-committal. Hope you with your career, just a little. You're supposed to hold me down, but you're holding me back, and that's the sound of me not calling you back. One man great till they gotta be don't text me, Dallas Straits on my face. Best friends have me down in the salon chain. Shampoo press, catch you out of my skirt. Fresh photos with the bomb light. You men on the Minnesota fight. Truck hurts, need something more exciting. Bum, bum, be dumb, be dumb, bum, be. Try to break my heart. Oh, that breaks my heart That you thought you ever had it Now you ain't from the start Hey, I'm glad you're back Which bitch, I mean, who would wanna hide this? I would never, ever, 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 ever Be your sweet bitch I put the ring in singles Ain't worried about a ring on my fingers So you can tell your friends Shoot your shot when you say um, It's okay, already in my team <laughs> We don't fuck with lies, we don't do goodbyes, we just keep it pushing like aye, 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 aye. I'ma hit you back in a minute, I don't play tag, bitch, I've been We don't fuck with lies, we don't do goodbyes, we just keep it pushing like aye, 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 aye. And 
welcome back to Talkapella. That's right. We are here with Lachi, who is just, I mean, one of the most talented artists I think we've ever had on our show. And we've had a lot oh, of talented artists on our show. <laughs> Earlier, we were we were touching on how you've composed music, some of your inspiration, and, and how, I mean, you've been really doing all of that from a fairly young age. One thing that is really impressive is that you have an arrangement of genius which has been yes. recognized by the Grammys. Can you tell us yes, where yes, yes, this yes. ranks on your list of achievements? <laughs> First, I will have to confess that Genius really is one of my like grand opuses. Okay. Um, it's, you know, like I told you, Sia was one of my big influences. Beethoven's one of my big influences. Oh, yeah. Two of my favorite geniuses I was able to kind of mash together in a lovely array of chaos. And of course, you know, <laughs> and, and, and it was great because I was actually asked by Mezzo to, they were like, hey, can you make a piece for us? Can you just arrange a song for us? Uh, and I was like, okay, what would you like? They were like, anything by, they, they said some other song. They were like, can you do such and such? I don't even remember. And I was like, uh, okay. And then I sat down and Genius got into my head and I just started writing it. And they were like, how is such and such song coming along? And I was like, Genius is coming along great. <laughs> and they're like, well, we asked you to do such and such. I'm like, you're doing Genius. <laughs> like, Genius is working. What did you say? Genius? Yeah. Okay. And Fantastic. so uh, it just started coming along so well. And, you know, I just kept having so many aha moments. And so that's song is really like that in and of itself is kind of the achievement i'm i'm really excited for all the recognition that i'm getting music tech magazine covered it vents magazine covered it of course like you said it's being considered for grammy nomination for best acapella arrangement so it's very those are very amazing achievements i'm very excited about it but honestly it's like an author says it's it's finishing the book that's the real achievement. So, yeah. I, yeah. I'm so glad that you went with this song versus whatever the other one went, because this song, <laughs> this song one is like an absolute banger. So I'm like, I don't even care to know what the other song okay, was. So, um, right? Like, but, throw it out. My, my yeah, right. poor husband, he can't sing to save his life, right? But he recognizes good music. And he was okay. like, oh, yeah, who are you? Who are you going to talk to tonight? And I was like, oh my gosh, his name is Wade. I was like, Wade, you have to hear this. And so I played it for him and he just like stops and his eyes are big. And he says something that I cannot repeat on the air, but it was very good. <laughs> I want to hear it. Write it down. Send me in a, in a little love note. Um, um, <laughs> Thank you, Wade. So I'm, I'm curious since we're on the topic of, of genius, I, I'm curious about maybe the, the conception of it a little bit, only for the fact that the track is originally by LSD, which is like a group of like amazing, incredible female performers. I'm curious if, if that thought of crossed your mind as you and the members of Mezzo were bringing this track to life on like was there any kind of just like mutual feelings that hey we're creating something just as powerful as what these women that who made the song did well i will say it's actually labyrinth and sia so labyrinth, labyrinth is oh my bad <laughs> why am i getting my tracks mixed? why am i getting my tracks mixed up? but sia is definitely a powerful woman okay. and we well so the so it's interesting the track that's actually being considered for the grammys is the this is going to be slightly confusing so just you know bear with me here just try to follow along hit rewind folks at home if you get a little confused. So basically what we did was we did the original LSD song, Genius, right? That's what's being considered for the Grammys. But then Erin from Metzl calls me up and she goes, did you know that Genius has a remix with Lil Wayne singing in the beginning? Uh, and I was like, no, I didn't. So I checked it out and we, she did, we did. So she was like, what if Metzl also puts out a remix 
of LSD's genius mashed with Beethoven's Fifth ah, Symphony. So okay. there's like an accompanying remix. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> they were like, can you be Little Wayne? And I was like, you want me to be Little Wayne? And I was like, why would I, how could I ever pass up being Little Wayne? The rap is so cocky and it's just it so, so, it's it so nonchalantly, so it's so nonchalantly, I'm a genius. Hello. Like, I know it. You know it. And so I was just like, I'm in, like, whatever you want me to do, just to put, put me in front of the mic, I'll do it. So we have the LSD original. We also have the LSD remix. And actually, Metso, we are putting together a music video to release of the remix nice. of LSD's genius that we also out. Man, I feel like we're getting this like whole Beyonce project here. I'm like, first we got the original ah! track and then we got the video coming. I'm like, when when oh is the Netflix God. special hitting? That's what I need to Oh my goodness. When life gives you lemons, make an acapella remix track and be low Wayne. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. Oh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask the the follow-up question. The, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. acapella tracks are and performances, they're not new to the music community. But they seem to be picking up a lot more traction with mainstream audiences and the awards community. So do you feel that all vocal arrangements deserve more attention than they've received? Or do you feel like the current response response to them has been warranted? I feel like there has been a nice response. I personally really enjoy, obviously, I really enjoy vocal music. So I would love if the world could embrace it the way I have. One of the things I would really hope would happen would be that more non, so more instrumental music would embrace their vocals. I always feel very kind of shortchanged when I just there's just like a solo vocal track over an instrumental. I'm like, you could have harmonized there. Why am I singing my own harmony that I'm adding in? Like you could have did that. So I really wish people could really embrace vocal harmonies when it comes to pop music. I mean, people have done it. We've heard, like I said, Lauren Hill, she over the top embraces a lot of harmonies, things like that. But I do enjoy the fact that the acapella scene is coming up. You've got your take sixes, your pentatonics, you've got, you know, these movies coming out showcasing it. And you've got TV shows and and um, movies that are not centered on acapella music kind of celebrating the choral life and taking it away from being so geeky and, and kind of showcasing it as something that's a little so you got like Archie from Riverdale singing or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. If, yes. <laughs> you know, so things like that. And no, I don't watch Riverdale. So calm down. Oh, um, okay, I thought we were going to be able to. And I, I don't, I don't watch it either. All right. <laughs> yeah, we both don't watch it together. And um, <laughs> sorry, Brian. So I really feel that I, I feel that it is getting a lot of traction and it's getting its due. One of the issues that I do have, though, is that I would love to see more urban acapella. That's my whole kind of stance. And that's one of the reasons I do the sort of side projects that I do do. Yes, I said do do. <laughs> because I feel that I, instead of me barking about it, let me just go ahead and do it. So I've been just doing a lot of fun urban-esque acapella songs to just put out there into the world. And like you heard of Truth Hurts and mm -hmm. like you're going to hear of, of Genius and a few other songs that we're going to play tonight. I couldn't agree more with that thought. I felt like we've had glimpses of like groups who could have gone the distance before for whatever reason it was just like yeah. a short stint i'm like i think of like yeah. with sing off we had urban method you know the rap hip-hop type group we also also from right. sing off committed they were more like gospel centered but on their track they have yes. they had some tracks that were just like whoa this is this is hip-hop easily and right. so I, I, right yeah i feel like right. that's a, a market that really hasn't been tapped into enough or for whatever reason we're just not able to like make it over that hill quite yet so this exactly this is why this is so incredible that you know when we see you know your acapella videos or tracks like what you and Mezzo are doing is just like, okay, somebody, somebody is pushing it forward in, in some kind of way. So that's great. <laughs> right. Nice right. to see. And, right. Yeah. And I'm curious. Here, I guess. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not see. Right. Here. Yeah. Watch the videos and then yeah, listen to tracks. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I'm curious, as you're in like maybe the studio or you're collaborating with these people who may be on the outside of acapella, as you're introducing, you know, these concepts of, hey, we can fill in the, the spacing here with more harmonies mm-hmm. or we can do all these cool things that maybe acapella people are more tuned to or consider a little bit more. Are those conversations challenging at all when you're trying to bring in those concepts to people who might be on the outside? Not necessarily. Oh, actually, no, I haven't really had difficult conversations when it comes to vocals. I mean, I usually walk into the studio saying, screw everybody here. I'm the vocalist. I'm boss at this. Anything you have to say, you say to my lawyer. So I usually just kind of sit down and, and I'm kind of the one saying, hey, we should do this. Hey, we should do that. Um, I work a lot with producers and I'll, I'll work a lot with other songwriters. And sometimes I'll also work with other vocalists, too. And they're very accepting of the harmonies. They want that. People want that. It turns out listeners really want it. And so it's not really prevalent behind the desk. So when I do come in with that expertise, people are very welcoming of it and excited. Well, for and it. I mean, it adds a whole new depth to the arrangement. That's, that's yes. that yeah. otherwise would just be feel, I guess, slightly empty. Right. Right. And it, it, it in and of itself says something too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, the lyrics are great or whatever, but the melody has its own language and oh, its own yeah. storyline and the harmonies that come in with it have its own storyline. So yeah, I believe it adds an extra layer of meaning. Well, and sure, we talked about listen. it earlier. It, I mean, you can feel it when it's there. Yeah. So that's I, how you that's, know good music. You just feel oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just a beautiful thing. So I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. 2020 has been one of the most pivotal years in recent history for individuals fighting for representation and equality. You have fought for both. You've been an advocate for that, whether it's through a women in music panel or speaking with Congress about COVID relief for musicians. So I'm curious, what ideally would equality for everyone in the arts and entertainment look like to you? Oh, wow. That's definitely a rough question. But I would say one of the first answers would be more equity behind the scenes, for sure. Because once you start getting more African-American, Hispanic, people of diverse abilities, people with differing genders and differing preferences, as the casting directors, as the writers, as the executives behind the desk, as the people on the board, then you will begin to erase that whole, well, I couldn't find one or, you know, the nepotism or, you know, you can't necessarily blame people for being more comfortable dealing with people who are similar to them. So once we get people behind the scenes that are able to start seeing some of these stories, knowing some of these other stories, knowing some of these other alternative views and lives themselves, they will have no problem finding other people that they know that are superstars to showcase those in front of the camera. So it really does start from behind the scene because once you, if you've got if you've got a, well, I guess there's no really way, there's no real way to kind of mince it. If you have a table, a board of uh, old white males kind of casting, trying to cast a diverse young hip movie, no matter what they do, no matter how diverse they make it, it it all just still ends up a bunch of tokens. So, you know, you really got to get these, you really have to get it behind the scenes at the board level. You've got to get diversity hiring and firing. Well, you've got got to have that perspective. Because without the perspective, it's not going to feel authentic. I think authenticity is the key word Mm -hmm. here because you can tell. Right. You can feel when something's inauthentic, right. no matter whether or not you're a part of that culture. You can feel when something's inauthentic. And I think that getting that authenticity right 
is really key when it comes to create, you know, when it comes to entertainment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's so important that both of y'all are talking about authenticity because I'm like, you can't deny that they're trying like, or I shouldn't say they like in terms of like the (laughs) the people higher up, you know, the the people in all of these higher leadership roles who create the powers that be perfect (laughs) way of putting that, you know, they're trying to weave in, you know, this is our idea of, you know, people of color and the the arts, entertainment, disabilities. And like you're saying, it just doesn't feel like right it doesn't feel as natural no. it feels like man I, I felt like that could have been better for some reason and it's like what you're saying there's yes. because no one is on these committees no one's there you know whispering right. in their ear i'm like hey this is maybe not the w- right way that we should approach this at the end of the day yes. and I, i'm just curious on your thoughts you know as someone is both a person of color and a person with a disability you know what more can they do outside what more needs to be done is it just simply a question of getting people on the the committees and on the boards and the leadership mm-hmm. or is it also an mm-hmm. outward ex external perspective type of situation? Mm -hmm. Well, I I do wholeheartedly believe that when there are people on the inside, it will begin to reflect outwardly for sure. Okay. I also believe that it does begin at sort of the younger level. So we need programs for youth to let them know that they can do this. There's not a lot of youth programs in the arts and education, sorry, arts education, music education funding to let kids of diverse race and diverse abilities know that they can pursue this career, that, that they can work in these steps. So I believe that that avenue is also another place that could definitely use some bolstering. I also believe that, yes, we do need to have it in the in the forefront. We need to have it in the writing. We need to have it set. But we will always need allies as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just a matter of going like, hey, we need to just have diversity and we need to have, you know, no more white people in the boardroom. Allies need to be well equipped. And it's not just about having allies be, you know, you need to be empathetic to the situation. It's that us as the minorities, us as the uh, other group need to welcome the allies. We need to give them the tools. We need to let them be allies. I know there are a lot of situations where people do want to help. They don't know how to approach it. They they try to step in. And of, of course, they may say the wrong thing or do it wrong a little bit. And then they get kind of shot out. And it's not really fair because they really are trying to help. Yeah. So I believe that we should definitely be open and welcoming to allies and that on both sides, we need to kind of step back, be patient with each other, really try to work together to make this thing work so that we can both end up on the right side of history. Okay. I, okay. I'm going to ask it. Sorry. So that's a perfect... That's a perfect point. I'm like, I love that you brought up the idea of allies. I'm curious, Mm -hmm. since we're talking about allies, let's talk about artists specifically. You know, what can artists do to support other artists and entertainers? Mm -hmm. You know, what? Where, where's their rollout and everything? Because I, I get the fact that, you know, they're trying to work, they're trying to make a living, they're trying to create their mm-hmm. art, but they also have an immense amount of power at the end of the day to help mm-hmm. the people that are disenfranchised a bit. So what role do you mm-hmm. see other artists playing into all of this? This is a multi-part answer. I believe that, number one, for the more, th- there are a lot of artists out there that are struggling and are very insular, just really trying to make it work. And I don't believe that that is key. I, I believe that artists that start to kind of fall into that insular path pattern where they're really trying to just make their own thing work or where they're just kind of stuck in their own little rut. I believe one of the cures to that and one of the things that artists should really do is to turn on the radio, you know, support your competition or also just your colleagues. Be proud of what they're doing. And, you know, when you, I don't want to sound like a kind of a kook here, but when you, <laughs> when you put out gratitude, you just, you get it back. Mm-hmm. When you put out good vibes, you and do it, get those good vibes back. So circle. it yeah. does. And it's like, you, you don't realize that you're just making yourself feel better. Mm-hmm. That's all you're really doing. So listen to the radio. That'll also help you with your chops, collaborate with others, be open to their ideas, follow your fellow musicians, you know, support what they're doing and go to their shows 
if you want them to come to your shows. And don't just go to their show to be like, okay, well, I did this. But it's more like, check it out. See what's going on. They're your colleague. So that's number one. Number two, if you are an artist in a little bit of a better position and you do have sort of a fan base and a bit of an audience, I say take that niche that you've built no matter what it is, take find out where your audience niche is and talk for them. Speak for them to who you need to speak to. I found that a lot of the people that follow me are into different rights issues and different diversity issues. So I take that upon myself to go out and kind of speak to that, fight for that. If for whatever reason, a lot of your audience is the younger generation, say you're talking to the 14 to 18 year old females, speak out for your followers because you have that microphone. While they're just, you know, they also have their own lives that they're doing and this and that. Your life is that you have a microphone to speak. So do it. Use it. And I, I really think that artists should really be propelling other artists, especially if you're in a situation where you can hand somebody something that worked for you. If you can hand somebody something that worked for you and you can hand it to them, it actually goes a long way for you. I personally, I don't know if this is going to work for everybody, but for me, I love to make other people network. Yeah. So two people that I just, I met this guy, he's good at X. I met this chick, she's good at Z. <laughs> and I want to hook up X and Z so they can make Y. And then all of a sudden, I've got two people that are in love with me because they made something awesome. And that's just like, it's oh, not only a great feeling, uh -oh. but you're also sort of part of it. So always oh, be, don't hide your stuff. Give it away and it'll come back to you for sure. Back to that kooky stuff. It'll come, law of attraction, it'll come back to you. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love the fact yeah, that yeah. one of the things you talked about is the, the support and the networking and system and my mind is always mm -hmm. thinking back to acapella. I think that's one of the things that, you know, at least from the collegiate space that they've done so well as the support that you have for groups. And you're talking about right. go up there and be on the up and up about your competition, see what they're doing, things like that. And that's so much what right. the acapella community does at the end of the day. They go out and support each other. They do that. Yes. Um, they they raise each other up. And, you know, we're not perfect, obviously, but I'm just right. drawing a little bit of a correlation there. So I, I think everything that you just said just has so much value on, you know, where do we go from here at the end of the day? And that, for sure. that's what it comes down to. We've been talking about going out and supporting your colleagues, your competition. But today we want to talk about you. So your acapella covers are absolute <laughs> fire. Thank you, you. We heard Truth Hurts, which was during our first commercial break. The harmonies are on point. The feel is incredibly smooth. And it's just got so much entertainment in it. What is the creative process like for you as you're creating projects like this? And what are some crucial elements that artists need to consider when they're producing content like this? So... That is a tough question because, you know, each child is slightly different. Mm -hmm. You don't know which right. is going to get the X chromosome. <laughs> um, and so I, uh, everyone just comes out kind of different. And a lot of times I will get like that spark, that sort of aha moment of, oh my God, I have to do this. Like specifically for Truth Hurts, the second half of the song, when I change keys, that was my, I was like, I absolutely have to change keys here. That's the aha uh -huh. moment. I love it. And also just this chaos of the song where they're singing and rapping and everybody's all mm -hmm. over the place. It just, I'm like, we have to include all this mm -hmm. and I feel that like so for instance my I did an acapella version of money which I've tried to get Acaville to play but they won't because it's just riddled with curse words um, I'm like what why won't they play your music I'm like oh okay it's riddled with curse Family words friendly. if you took all the cuss words out it would just be a blank track so <laughs> um, 
But meanwhile, that song actually got a ton of attention, a ton of award nominations. And one of the reasons is because when you listen to the original track, it's just Cardi B rapping over a very plain beat. So it's just like the same. There's nothing. There's no harmony. There's just her rapping. And there's one piano note going ding, ding the entire time. So I thought this song would be amazing if we just threw harmonies all Uh over the place. You know, we just put a harmony under it. We put harmonies below it. We make the piano a whole big piano piece. Mm -hmm. But then we stay true. I'm all about staying true to the trap drums, you know. So we keep that hard trap drum, but we add all these harmonies to it and we just take it to a whole nother level. That's what I love to do is to just take more plain sort of hip hop and just give it the harmonies that it really deserves to turn into just a beautiful package. I talked about adding that depth and that sounds like what you've done and (laughs) you do it incredibly well. I'll send you guys money in private. So okay, yes. please. I was going to make a request just, for that. I just I wrote it down not, on not my phone. Not safe for work. <laughs> I'm like, I will play it on my phone 24-7. I mean, know, forget a radio station. I mean, I'll do it. All right. Well, yeah. there it is, folks. You heard that from the genius herself. And speaking of geniuses, ha, ha, ha. We are going to take our second <laughs> commercial break where you get to listen to the genius remix that is under consideration for a Grammy nomination. And it is Mezzo featuring Lachi. And then we'll be right back here on Tacapella. Uh, I'm a genius under depression, no question, I'm really special. Upper echelon when I bless you, no question, I'm intellectual. It's a pleasure, it gets sexual. Women, every complexion, quick connection and ejection. My love is so ambidextrous. I'm a genius and perfectionist, specialist in the exorcist. With excellence for evidence, recklessness for irrelevance. In the room, I'm an elephant, spelling it for the hell of it. A, B, C, D, R, U, G, H, I, J, K, L, S, B. Do you think I'm mashing crazy having you on my mind? Do you think I'm helpless? My algebra got equal you every time. Do you think I'm calling? Do you think I'm calling out your name every night? Girl, I have fallen for you. Na 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 na
Acapella. Thanks for sticking with us. We are in our third and final segment with Lachi. It has been such a fun conversation, but per tradition, we are going to do some fun stuff. It's one of my favorite segments of the show. It's where we get to know all your horrible secrets and what comes to your mind first. No, I'm kidding. Um, I am a closed book. It's just a fun... I mean, open book. It's a fun... It's just a fun way for us to get to know you a little bit more. Cool. So we've got ten questions, and we're just gonna we're just gonna get started. Right. So Lachi, are you ready? No. Well, too <laughs> bad. To get started, yeah. Brian. You ready? I am ready. Perfect. I wish we could do like a little drum roll, but I. I can't. There. Yeah. yeah that's All perfect. right. We Question number one: What is the best gift you've ever received? The best gift I ever received was love. No, uh, the best gift I ever received. <laughs> was probably a oof yikes these are hard i don't like these they're too hard they're making me think and we've only asked one (laughs) i had a g5 mac for 15 years it's one of those big tower macs and uh, my partner kept telling me to get rid of it like come on get rid of it because i would be fighting with it Mm -hmm. and stuff like that we would argue with Uh it and one day he just walked in with a new imac and said this is your imac now and I was like, oh, that's so nice. And he was also like, also wire me 500 to pay for some of it. Oh, but it was a really nice thought. <laughs> the gift that makes you get. All right. right? I get it. Wow. All right. I like it. Question two. What's your favorite non-music related activity? I also like to write. So I write novels okay. and I actually put out a novel and I'm right. I'm working on my second oh. novel. Yeah. For my hobby, when I'm not doing acapella music or singing or songwriting or advocating, I am writing novels. That's what I do to, to relax. What's it so called? I know yeah. What's it called? We need to. So the one that I uh, novel that I've already put out is called The Ivory Staff. And okay. the novel that I'm working on right now, it is called Death Tango, and it is a sci-fi. The previous one is a fantasy. Cool. Ooh, I love that, those titles. <laughs> yeah, I love right. the titles, and I love those genres. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right. Number three, name one of your most favorite collaborations. Well, Genius with Mezzo was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was really a lot of fun. But I think that uh, a really great collaboration that I had done recently, maybe in like a year and a half ago, was I did Far with Marcus Schultz, which was a really fun collaboration. It was really fun to work with Marcus Schultz. But the highlight... That one's on Spotify, isn't it? That one's on Spotify. It's a trance track. I think I've heard it. Yes. And it's funny because the real highlight of that collaboration was actually when we did it, when we remixed it. 
So it's always the remix with me. Okay. When we remixed it with <laughs> another DJ from Amsterdam named Fisherman, he did this amazing oh, remix. Wow. And I don't know, the remix it was what blew up. So it was great okay. to work with Marcus Schultz, who's a German DJ from Florida. And I'm from New York. And Fisherman was from Amsterdam. Oh, it's, it's the Fisherman yeah. Festival, Nick. Yes. I see it right there here. It is. <laughs> nice. Nice little international collab. Yes. I like it. That's awesome. All right. Question four. You're granted a lifetime supply of any one thing. What do you choose? If I say money, will that be rude? I feel like that would be just rude. Hey, Has no one else said that? I would like a lifetime supply of $2 bills. Wow. That's pretty cool, actually. Because, like, no one's ever doing anything with them, and I can still use them. Uh, Do people still have fiat money? Are we still using paper money? Like, we can't even see each other, talk to each other, hold each other. Um, That's that's funny that you mentioned $2 bills. I actually have a $2 bill right now in my wallet that I've had for, like, probably a year. Are you serious? Who gave you that? How did you get it? Was it, like, part of change? I don't even remember how I got it. I know you can get them from the banks, but I don't even remember how I got it. It's just been in my wallet forever. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. Can I have it? Or is that weird? That's a rude. Now that was rude. Um, that, yeah. He's like, about no. That. About that. Can that be the beginning of my like everlasting two dollar bills? <laughs> I'm, um, just messing. I'm just messing. Yeah, that can't be the first one. But I, I wish you good <laughs> luck like, with the no, rest of them. This is two whole dollars. <laughs> it's yeah. COVID times. I, I need, need my, my two dollars, bro. So exactly. Funny. Times are hard. All right. <laughs> Question number five. What is your most irrational fear? I I don't know how irrational or rational this fear is, but okay, I'll, I'll give you two. First, I have this like really huge fear that I will fall down the stairs. Like even if it's just two steps, oh. I'm always just like, I will take forever. People are like, yo, dude, we're already down a block. I'm like, give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working like, through things. Like, you see, I'm going through some stuff. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> and then the other one is I have this like OCD about, it's. I don't know if it's a fear, but I do have an OCD about stepping on cracks. So it's really oh. weird. I have a stepping on cracks OCD. And so I'll just be like, oh. every once in a while, even in my nice little cute heels, I'll be walking down the street and then somebody be like, why are you walking like a little bit weird every fourth step? I'll be like, mind your business. (laughs) (laughs) Just mind your business. That's all. Just mind your business. That's fantastic. All right. right. Question number six. What is the best food that your family makes? Ooh. Well, my parents are immigrants, right? So my family, West Nigeria, West Africa, Southern Nigeria. One of the things that I really used to like, well, now I I don't eat enough Nigerian food these days because I can only get it when I go back to my mom's house. But if anyone has ever had fufu and the soups that come with it. <gasps> I've had fufu. <laughs> She's like, I know that. Yeah, me, me, me. But if you. <laughs> I've, had, I've had fufu because I've been to Ghana. Yes, Ghana is the is the, like the neighbor. Yeah. So yeah, we both do that. Yeah. And a lot of times the soups that come with it are really the actual mm-hmm. tasty right. part of the dish. Right. And one of my favorite soups is called obona soup. And that's one of my favorite dishes that my mom okay, used to make. Cool. Fun story. I have a video of me in Ghana. Nice. And you're not supposed to chew it. Yeah, you just kind of swallow it. The foo-foo. Right. Yeah, you just swallow it. And I made the mistake of chewing Mm. it, even though I was just told not to. And I'm on video. And I I mean, the reaction on my face was like, what is happening in my mouth? (laughs) Because it just starts expanding. Right, right. Yeah, you got to hurry up and get it. You got to get it while it's good. You got to get that down. That's funny. All right. Question number seven. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Actually, I would prefer cats because they're not slobbery, but I'm the diva. Like, so I'm not trying to have some other being. You know what I mean? Like, That's fair. Non-stop competition. Yep. <laughs> 
We added this question because I have three cats. Oh, snap. So. Okay. Well, my bad, but. I mean, I've got yeah. 2,300 square feet, so it, it works. Okay. But I don't have a yard, which is why we don't have a Okay. Dog. Got it. All right. Question eight. If you could be an animal for a day, what would you choose? A cat, because then I get to be a diva. Didn't we just go over this? <laughs> Why did I not see that coming? Well, and they're very clean. Cats don't like mess. Yeah, cats are clean. We just want to be clean. We just want attention. We want everyone to stare at us. Yeah. And every once in a while, yeah. we want to just stand on a fridge. Like, hello. Like, these are just things in life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> One of my cats jumped up there, and he cannot get down. And I was like, oh, crap. Because he's my big cat. Right. He's like 14, 15 pounds. Oh, wow. And he's not a fat cat. Oh, he's just, cat. anyway. Big Next big question. cats remind me of what's the name of that lady from Oh Carol Baskin. <laughs> I think Baskin. Carol Baskin. She, oh, oh, I didn't okay, feed my husband note. to tigers. It's like if you have to say that phrase. <laughs> you did it. What is the first song you ever wrote? Oh no. You know what's so funny? You guys are gonna laugh, first of all. The first song I ever wrote was about a cat. <laughs> yes. oh I did not own <laughs> this cat. I didn't own a cat, so I wrote about mm -hmm. a cat. And okay. the song was called Where Is My Kitty? I wrote it when I was four or five. Maybe I wanted one. I don't know. And the song went, where is my kitty? Where is my kitty? Where on earth could it be? Where is my kitty? Where is my kitty? Underneath the TV. And yeah. when I first sang it to my family, they were like, first of all, is there a cat? in the house under the TV. <laughs> and then the second one was like, is this imaginary cat squished under some device, like a TV? Like, oh. is it, don't oh, no. tell her that the cat is like squished under the TV. <laughs> And so, oh who knows? Oh, who so knows? Okay, so maybe I shouldn't be talking about squished cats. But I that was my first song that I wrote. But, I mean, cats can make themselves flat to get under them. They really can. And I was also told they have nine lives. So, I feel like they right? can just try again. Exactly. <laughs> it all works out. Absolutely. All right, final question. All right, it's a two-part question. If you were a superhero, what would your power be? And what would be your kryptonite? Oh, wow. If I were a superhero, I guess that my superpower would be hmm i think that oh that's a hard one because i feel like i'm supposed to give the sort of miss teen america answer of like world peace i'll just make world peace i'll zap the world and it'll be peaceful and my kryptonite will be love um but what fun would that be i feel like maybe if i was to have a superpower i think it would be really cool to have have something to do with healing you know, the ability to like okay. healing powers, you know, the ability to heal yeah. others, to heal myself, to, I mean, of course, in that is like rejuvenation is already just part of it. So I would just be young forever since I know how to mm. heal. Um, <laughs> and I guess my kryptonite, the thing that kind of, you know, makes me squirm, like, you know, when Superman squirms every time he's near kryptonite would probably just be mm -hmm. unharmonious music. Yeah, People that are off it. key, off beat. You know, it's just not getting it. But but yeah. it's not just off key or off beat, but it's that they don't know. It's that they don't know Ooh, that they are. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, no matter Amen. what. Yep. Oh, that, <laughs> that is a struggle. Is yes. Right there, can you you can... should never, <sighs> never meet my brother-in-law. <laughs> So it's your husband Poor and kid. your brother-in-law. He won't listen to this. Well, my my <laughs> husband my husband knows, and okay. there's like certain songs where he's heard it enough and tried to sing it enough where he can actually stay on pitch. Okay. And then he'll like look at me, and I'm like, "That was pretty <laughs> good." Like, for me. Validate me for, for for his standards. That was okay, good. Right. But awesome. my poor little brother-in-law, and my, when I say little, he's six four. Okay. But the poor kid. We were watching One Republic at a concert, and he was just going to town, and <laughs> I purposely did not sit next to yeah. him for that very reason Ooh. and my husband just turns to me and I was like what is it and he goes he's trying to sing and I was like yeah, you know how I feel. Okay, try being the operative <laughs> term right got it yeah thanks for those wonderful
wonderful answers. That was so much fun. As per tradition around here, we always like to end the show with some advice, something that our listeners can leave the show with. Maybe, you know, something inspirational, something that's been on your mind, something that you just want to get off your chest that could help others. If you were to offer some advice to our listeners, what would you say? Wear a mask. I would say... (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Like, let's just get that out of the way. No, I, I really think that you should do everything you do with intention, especially during this really trying time. I know there's a lot of people out there, like we had mentioned earlier, that want to be allies, that want to help, but they don't really know what to do. They're frustrated, but they want to do something. I say just do everything you do with intention. If you want to see more diversity in something or somewhere, act on it. Live with intention. Be bold. Now's the time to kind of get out of your seat and stop kind of being an armchair critic and to live with intention and to do everything you do with your goal in mind. That's when you'll begin to see like real change, whether it's in these hard times or whether it's in your own private life or in your own private career. To live with intention, to live with your goal in mind and to act. That's when you will start to see change. You're going to hear a lot of people telling you to sit down, be humble, like Kendrick Lamar says, but really you're not going to get anything (laughs) if you don't do anything. So get up, stand up, and live with intention. Great advice. That's just powerful. And on that note, Lachi, if our listeners wanted to learn more about you, learn more about any upcoming projects, where could they go? You guys are free to go to lachimusic.com, L-A-C-H-I-M-U-S-I-C. You can find me at Lachi Music on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, Facebook, everywhere. And I'm very active. So if you comment at me, I will comment back. I interact a lot. I actually have a song coming out October 8th called Messages and it was a really fun collaboration I hope you guys check it out like as they played I've got Genius out just a whole bunch of things actually I have a a thing called Black Appella so if you look up Black Appella you'll see a lot of my other arrangements that are Black Appella so anyway LachiMusic.com I'm really really honored to have been here guys this was a lot of fun awesome thank you so much thank you so much I mean I I feel like I I speak for both of us when I say the pleasure was ours (laughs) thank you (laughs) most definitely yeah. Alicia, if our listeners wanted to learn just a little bit more about you, where could they go? You can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Alicia Edwards 19. That's E-L-I-C-I-A Edwards 19. You can also find me on Instagram. My Instagram is e.squared1989. Brian, how about you? As always, you can find me on Twitter at the Brian Alex, and please go follow all the work that I do with College Acapella on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And on that note, we just once again want to say thank you so much to Lachi for being such an amazing, incredible, fun guest on today's episode of Tacapella. It has been a blast. We just want to make sure that you guys go out, follow Tacapella. We have a Twitter, Tacapella, two P's, two L's. And of course, you can hear previous episodes of Tacapella on tacapella.org. And as always, go give Acapella Radio a follow if you want to continue to hear great vocal music as well as great shows like ours. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Tacapella. For everything else, stay tuned.